welcome to Slash Report. I'm MK, and I am not joined by Prue this week. I'm actually joined by Yin. Say hello. Hi, everyone. And Lijaka, who is kind of famous on the internet for reviewing all the Japanese games. Hello. (laughs) In a very niche sort of way. Yeah, but it's important. You fill an important role. (laughs) So we're doing a special video game episode, and we're going to talk about all kinds of video games, because I think we cover a pretty good range between the three of us, hopefully. And one of the things that we got a lot of questions about was Glitch, which is an online massively multiplayer game. Uh, Yin, do you want to talk about Glitch a little bit and explain it? I learned Glitch through various sources, but it's basically a Flash game that, so you play it through your browser, which is very different from a lot of games, especially MMOs, actually, particularly MMOs, which normally are giant, massive PC or console games that you have to buy or download. But this one's right through your browser, and it's quirky, and it has its own little world building. You get to customize your characters. But the most interesting part is there's no fighting involved. It's just basically crafting and doing things that don't involve fighting. I guess there's a tiny bit of fighting. There are, so they're called rooks, and they're giant black birds that sometimes attack to destroy imagination. And uh, you fight them off psychically as a group. But everyone has to, like, band together. Like, the point of Glitch is collaborative play and, like, working with strangers to accomplish something, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fun. I've added a bunch of people in the game who normally I would probably never talk to. Mm -hmm. Also, it's really cute. I still kind of don't really talk to most people, at least on a person-to-person basis. But I will, but there's global chat and then there's like group chat yeah local chat and I'll, I'll talk to people through there but rarely I'll only talk to my really good friends through personal chat yeah definitely though the global chat I find okay so there's an element of the game where in order to expand the world you actually build it with other people mm. by doing weird things like making fruit or uh, using a pickaxe, but like not on something specifically just using a pickaxe and like, like you're building your skills or something Mm, it's more like you're putting in units of effort. You're not like saying like there's going to be a house here. You're just using it. And once everyone has contributed enough pickaxes, pickaxes or fruit or energy or like meditation, Mm -hmm. uh, a new part of the world opens up. And I find in that area of the game, like people just talk to everyone. They're giving each other food. Mm. They're like, do you need more energy? Like Mm. very supportive, friendly people. It's really, I don't know, like it's a good community game. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've probably never met a nicer community in terms of MMOs. I mean, I used to play Final Fantasy XI and that was a really friendly community. I mean, (laughs) I yeah, but I also on the other spectrum I played Ragnarok Online and Maple Story, and that was a terrible community. And I never want to see people in that game ever again. Nor do I ever want to talk to them. But like even but like Glitch is definitely the friendliest community, even with like the people who purposefully try to make things more difficult. Even okay, so there, there are some there are some people who do that. But it's almost like they banded together and also formed like a sub community. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. I find, okay, so I haven't played a lot of MMOs, but my experience through my friends who play them is that a lot of the people who play them are male and there tends to be a lot of aggression. And I think Glitch has like a fairly even male-female ratio mm-hmm. uh, and like gender completely doesn't matter. Like everyone is just really helpful. Mm. There are all these quests where it'll be like, uh, get someone to help you dig a dirt pile three times, which sounds dumb until you're like, I need someone to help me dig a dirt <laughs> pile three times. 
And you can just type that into, like, the main chat, which everyone mm. can see. And instantly, like, 12 people will be like, all right, let's do this right now. Hmm. Do you need help? Where do you want to do it? Yeah. It's it's fun. It has, like, an interesting backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are... Basically, the game takes place inside the imagination of, is it seven giants or eleven giants? Eleven, I think. Yeah. So inside the imagination, or like the dreams of eleven giants. And you are figments of their imagination, but like, they do really interesting world building things. Like, there's an area of the game where you can only be there for a certain amount of time before you are overwhelmed by ancestral nostalgia, despite Mm -hmm. being a figment of a dream. So is it like the giants are affecting your mood? It's more like we affect their mood, but you can like donate to shrines to them and like they'll give you bonuses or help you accomplish things. Mm-hmm. I'd say like it's really interesting, though some people I guess I've been getting questions from people who wanted invites. Uh, I sent out all my invites. I have one. Yeah, but you probably want to save that. I don't actually know. So I sent invites. So I got three invites total. I think everyone did. Yeah. And um, I sent out two, but neither of them used it. Oh. So I don't know how to resend them to someone else. Yeah, that's interesting. I I just put out, like, when I got them, I was like, on Facebook, does anyone want to play? Tell me, I'll give you the code right now. And they all signed up. But it's, no, it's not a normal game. Like, it's Mm -hmm. very different from any other game I've played. So I guess if you don't play games and you're not interested in gaming... Glitch is a good one to try. Mm-hmm. It's more like a social game, so it's more yeah. like the kind of games people play on Facebook, mm-hmm. like Farmville or something. There is like a farming element where you can mine or you can make food. Mm-hmm. Normally I would have a lot of scorn for those kind of games, but it's really addictive. And you can dress up like anything you want. And Is it like, um, what's the art? Like, is it like Ragnarok Online or something? No, it's very cute and simplified. Hmm. So it's almost like cartoony. Yeah. And everything that you go through is a side scroller. Oh. So you can only move left or right and sometimes up and down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also different areas of the world have slightly different art styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, there some most places have a consistent art style, but there's a couple of places that are really weird. Yeah, there's a couple islands in the middle because they have different continents and things. And there's like a spice island mm-hmm. where everything, it's like very dark and just filled with one kind of tree. Whereas in the rest of the world, sort of. like, yeah, for the most part, <laughs> unless someone screws things up. Unless someone starts a tree war. Which happens. There are tree wars. <laughs> you can plant trees there? Yeah, you can plant trees, you can poison trees, and you can cut trees down. Uh, and that can become hotly contested. Like, people get really angry about, why did you put a gas plant there? We didn't need a gas plant, we needed a spice plant. And they'll be like, no, we needed a gas plant. No, it's called the Spice Island, so clearly there should only be spice plants. Yes. Or, Spice Island is pretty good, but don't you think we need more cherries? I think we need more cherries. You can turn Cut it. down all the wood trees. Yes, wood trees. Okay, so there's a quest early on in the game in which you have to take stuff from five different kinds of trees, because mm-hmm. there are five different kinds. Or six. I think there are six. No one counts paper trees, no one cares. Yeah. The only problem is you can find a fruit tree, you can find a bean tree, a gas tree, a spice tree, mm-hmm. like all of those things, no problem. Until the moment where you have to find a wood tree, and it is extremely difficult to find a wood tree. Not because they don't exist, but because people will be like, oh, I'm going to harvest this wood tree, and then they chop it down and it dies. Hmm. They get really excited about chopping down wood. They don't no, they do not. They're like harmful logging companies. Yeah, so there's, I think there's like at least an entire, like multiple threads on the forums that are just like, <laughs> where can I find a wood tree right now? And people will be like, we have been saving one in this area, teleport here. 
Yeah. Or come to my backyard. People will say, you know, will open their houses up and say, come to my backyard. I'm, I have full of wood trees. That's another aspect where it's, people are like really nice. Yeah. They just open their houses to you if you really need it. Anytime you need something, you can be like, guys, I need this. And like three people will be like, go to my house right now and we'll let you in. Take whatever you want. And they've done a thing now where you can give keys to people. Mm-hmm. So for instance, Yin and I have keys to each other's houses. Mm. So uh, Yin organized my house for me because it was a mess. <laughs> And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> she's a little OCD, which is awesome <laughs> for me. Uh, but like, you know, I could go there and if she were on vacation or something, I could make sure that her animals don't die mm-hmm. or I could like water her plants. So that sounds like a bit, have you ever heard of, there was one that's, it, it was totally not like it's an indie game and it was very primitive looking. It's called a tale in the desert and it was all built by like one guy, but it was all like it, no combat. And all you did was like um, up skills like mining or whatever, blah, 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 and jumping and whatever. But, and every so often they would also have like community goals to like do something and then build like a big, I don't, I think it was built like based on like Egyptian pharaohs or something. So like build a pyramid or whatever, and then that would open up like a new stage. But it was really, really primitive. Like, not, it doesn't sound as complicated as this. And that it sounds cool though. It, it was pretty cool. Like, I played it for a while, but uh, yeah. That's fun. Like, because I play Lord of the Rings online. How is that? I like oh, it. Oh, I really want to try it. Yeah, it's like for something that you only, I mean, I bought one expansion just to get the, you know, special access for a while because you get privileges that stay, but then you don't have to pay afterwards. Oh, that's good. And the graphics are still pretty good, and it has, like, you know, all the backstory and everything. Like, you know, Jay. He's- yeah. <laughs> so, and, but there is a lot of combat, and it does focus pretty heavily on, you know, group fighting, like Final Fantasy XI did, and World of Warcraft. Do you go on, like, raids and things? I don't, because that stresses me out. <laughs> Fair. It also like, takes so long. It does. Like you, and you're waiting around for people to get ready, and then you're waiting around doing the strategy. And if something happens, then you're screwed up. But yeah, they also. But I do like like the crafting and having your own house and things like that. Yeah. So this sounds like it's like the best parts of that, plus like the Sims. It's kind of yeah. It's a little bit Sims like, and it's free unless mm-hmm. you want to like buy extra stuff in the game. Yeah. Like, I subscribed to it, but I didn't have to. I could have just played for free indefinitely. Mm-hmm. I wanted to support the game. I don't know. It's kind of like if Animal Crossing, Minecraft, and WoW Crafting all had, like, a threesome baby <laughs> with Farmville. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It's for people who don't play games, you would probably like Glitch. You mm-hmm. should try to get on the waiting list and get into that it's fun mm-hmm. does it take a lot of time like is it one thing yeah. i really didn't like about final fantasy 11 is that it sucks so much time i can play for like five yes. minutes a day or like <laughs> seven minutes a day and just be fine oh that's good yeah yeah you know, i've done like, everything from like a couple of minutes where i log in just do something really fast hmm. and then log out or i've spent the entire time like lost an entire weekend to glitch yeah when i was <laughs> sick all i did was play glitch that's, yeah, it was like seven straight days of glitch. I leveled up really fast. <laughs> so what do you oh, get when you one get of the things level? is that um, you learn all your skills, not through the game itself, but through just like an outside webpage. So you don't have to log into oh, the yeah. game. You don't, hmm. you can do whatever you want. I guess things get easier when you level up. Mm-hmm. But like the main thing is getting skills. And I can get skills on my phone uh, just by like going and saying like, oh, I'm done learning Teleportation 5. I think I will learn Master Chef 2. And it'll start learning it. And it'll be like, it'll take 
two days of real time. And then in two days, you have learned that skill. You don't have to do anything. So you don't have to log on to it. No. And once you've learned the skill, then you usually get, like, a quest associated Mm -hmm. with it. It'll be like, you know, make 20 milkshakes Mm -hmm. and then sell them. Yeah. There's, like, an interesting auction aspect to it where you can buy and sell things using virtual money. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't cost you anything, again. Like, it's just, like... Like, right now, I'm selling Glitchmas crackers in the auction. (laughs) Because Glitchmas is over, and apparently people still want crackers. And the interesting thing is, Glitchmas crackers were like, what, 100 coins each, Ian? Were they? I think so. They were pretty cheap. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I bought 20 of them. Mm-hmm. They are now selling for between 1,000 coins and 2,000 coins in the auctions. Uh, yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. Maybe I should have stocked up. <laughs> I've realized that the holiday items really sell extremely well after the holiday. Hmm. And at the beginning, like at the very beginning and afterwards, but in the middle, they're super cheap. Mm -hmm. So if you just hold on to a bunch of like pumpkins during Zilloween, you can sell pumpkins afterwards and just make a fortune. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Playing the market. That's right. It's like a little stock market action on the side. Um, So I'm mostly a console gamer. Uh, For listeners who don't, again, know much about video games, like, don't worry, we're going to explain everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. I play most of my games on my PlayStation, my Xbox, my Wii, you know, my... other various consoles that you have hidden away? Yeah. (laughs) For anyone who has ever been to my living room, it's basically like 12 video game consoles (laughs) and a TV. But I know, do you play PC games? Uh, I do, but mostly just for... Japanese games. Right. And like Lord of the Rings online. And I right. Play War- Warcraft. And Yen, I think you've played way more PC gaming than I have. Yeah, I own a lot of Steam games. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it just builds up. Even games that originally were console, I'll have them on Steam because it's just easier. Because then I can just play them, doesn't matter wherever. Do you mm-hmm. want to explain Steam briefly? So Steam is created by Valve, the company, and Valve, you might have heard of them because they've made a little game called Half-Life. Then they made Portal, and then they also made Portal 2. So might have heard of them. They do pretty well. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are one of the last few independent publishers and developers um and they're doing very well from themselves they make a lot of money (laughs) yes but they also make this thing called steam where basically they sell you games and a lot of the games are pc only but then there are also many many games now that are both pc and mac friendly so if you have a mac you're not out of luck completely you can check out a lot of games that are mac friendly and they have a way of sorting it and the beauty is that you don't actually have a physical copy of it. You basically say something is linked to your account and says, yes, you own this game and you can install it on as many machines as you want. And as long as you log into your account, you can download it, install it and play it. And um, a lot of the games also now has something that lets you sync your Steam account with the save files. So even if you're playing on different game, different machines, you still have the same save files all That's across. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So I will play BitTrip Runner on my PC, and then sometimes I will play BitTrip Runner at work, and I have nothing else to do. <laughs> Yin, do you have to have Wi-Fi, or internet access rather, to play the games after you've already downloaded and bought them? You, there's actually offline mode, but the problem with offline mode is that it doesn't, it's, there's no cloud, there's no, uh, what, they, what do they call it, Steam Sync, I think? Cloud Sync? Mm-hmm. Steam Cloud Sync? So you can still play it, it'll just be a local version. Once you've downloaded it and installed it, you don't have to be connected. But There's, not like there is offline play, so mm-hmm. you're not like shit out of luck mm-hmm. if you don't have the internet. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and I play casual games too. Oh yeah. 
I play a couple of casual games. I just generally, I prefer what I consider real video games, Mm -hmm, which I know is prejudiced. Well, I usually play them when I'm, like, brain dead from work or something. I need something. Like, all I can do is find hidden objects, so I want to play a casual game. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's... One of my best friends actually makes a very... It's actually the most popular Facebook game, and it is called Gardens of Time. I haven't played it, but it is doing extremely well. Uh, and people at work have come up to me and been like, that game has eaten my life. Like, it is the greatest game I've ever played. And it'll be people who are, like, 10, people who are 20, and people who are 63 are telling me that, like, this is an amazing game. But before that, when she was, she went to school for video game design and production for her master's. Wow. Which you can do in Canada. (laughs) You can do that here, too. It's a special program. It's like UBC, Simon Fraser, and Emily Carr. Actual universities, not, like, colleges that are, like... Like, you know, those, yeah, like the commercial ones that make you spend $40 million. No, no, we have, we have a master's program in entertainment technology at my college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's serious business. Serious business. Uh, but the point is, before that, she used to, in this program at school, she would make games that were uh, like charitable games, I guess. And one of them was when I played, I played it for like two weeks and then I guess I finished it. Essentially, there was nothing else to do called uh, Water Hero. And by playing the game and achieving different goals, you actually donate water to a project in El Salvador Hmm. so that people can have clean drinking water. Casual games are actually really awesome, Mm -hmm. and they can do things that I think normal games don't. Mm -hmm. So if that's a concern for you, you might want to try some Facebook games, despite Facebook being evil. But we're all addicted (laughs) to it anyway, so... We can't organize it. Yeah. (laughs) I can't... I forget to sign on to Facebook, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) Oh, one of the things that um, if you don't care about Steam that much, or like if you just want to get games, like just just download them, whatever. I'm not sure about now, but some usually I think once or twice a year there's just something called Humble Bundle, and like, and it's not the only one. There's a bunch of indie game studios that will come out with bundles, and um, they'll just you know they'll you'll be you'll you'll buy the game and you'll download it and um you'll have access generally you'll have access to it forever so i know with humble bundle after you pay a certain amount you get also a steam you you can get a steam code and you can have access to that download for the rest of your life basically and these are really great because you're supporting really fairly tiny indie studios that might only be like two people sometimes only one person so and um i know humble bundle you can also say you know how much you can give to the people who run it, how much you give, you want to give to the devs, and how much you want to give to the charities that they're supporting this round. So it's like so, the Mac Heist of uh, indie games. The what? Mac Heist? I don't know what that is. <sighs> Ooh, Mac Heist is a really cool thing that happens like once or twice a year, sometimes less often, but usually once or twice a year, which if you use a Mac and you want to get some cool software, uh, they will bundle together like 30 programs and you pay $30 and 50% of the money goes to charity and you can pick one charity or just divide it between 10. Hmm. And they're all really good charities. And the more people who buy into it, the more money goes to charity, which means they add bonus applications. Ooh, yeah that's a cool idea it's pretty cool so the more people donate to charity the more games you get mm-hmm. or the more programs that's actually how it works with humble bundle too it's like because there's an average and they say if you pay more than average we'll also throw in all these other games that's awesome so i think the average was like five something i i don't remember exactly so if you paid more than like 550 basically you would get about 12 games which is insane 
Yeah. They're both really good games. I find it's it's interesting. Okay, so obviously the video game industry has a problem with targeting women <laughs> or creating programming for women, at least in the Western world. <laughs> we'll get to Japan later. But, like, lately I've noticed that they've been doing slightly better, and they're doing a little more charitable work, which is cool. Because mm-hmm. a lot of industries just don't care at all. Do you want to talk about Japanese games? Uh, sure. So my area of expertise, mm-hmm. self-proclaimed expertise, is uh, specifically otome games, which are... They're actually like dating sims, but targeted towards women, and that sounds really... I mean, I know we're all geeks here, but that sounds really lame. But (laughs) there are lots of different kinds, and uh, there's also a lot that are um, like the yaoi manga. It's called Boys Love Games. Well, they call them manga that too. Right. So yeah, so that is my biggest uh, focus when I game, is playing... Japanese romance games for girls and women. I've seen you play some of them though, and they're like weirdly engaging. Like, yeah, they had lots of weird elements to them that I really wasn't expecting. Yeah, they're kind of. I think because a lot of them are based basically like visual novels, like choose your own adventure novels, but like in a video game. They it's pretty cheap to make, so they focus on and they know what sells, right? Like they've been doing it for a while, so they focus on beautiful art or really weird art, so you can find all different types. Mm-hmm. And because you have different characters that you can do, like you don't have to, you don't have to like focus on always the same type of characters. Like in shoujo manga, like you get so tired of the, um, you know, the cool class president, blah blah blah, who's wearing glasses and is mean and blow, you know, or the like so super many ganky like guy. Yeah, because there's tons of like that. But in these games, it's like they'll all have different types, so they have to make sure that they make them interesting enough for you to buy more than one game, you know? Right. And they also have ones with different type of gameplay, like sim simulation gameplay where you build up stats, or there are some very few RPG type ones. <sighs> I always thought of Princess Maker as kind of... I've heard, you know, I've never actually played Princess Maker, but I've heard it's actually quite good, and there are lots of fans of Ultimate Games that started with Princess Maker. Princess Maker was one of my favorite games. I used to play it. It runs off DOS, but if you, I mean, you can basically, you can still run it on any machine, Mac Mm -hmm. or PC right now. And it starts off and you are like the hero of this country. You led the army to victory against this other country. And the gods are so pleased with you that they give you a child to raise. (laughs) And they're like, you can raise her from five years old to 16 years old, Mm -hmm. and then we will see how well you did. But like, we think that you're amazing so you should raise the perfect child. (laughs) It doesn't have to make a lot of sense. (laughs) Just suffice to say, they give you this girl. And you name her and you, like, pick her birthday and whatever. And she is associated with a particular god. And you run on a monthly schedule for Mm. her entire life. And you get to... So you have to, like, give her free time. Mm -hmm. You have to make her learn things. And you have to put her to work to earn her keep. Because it's very expensive to raise a little girl. And for some reason, even though you're the hero of this country, you, like, don't have money for this. (laughs) But she gets really stressed out. So, like, the first time I played it, I made her work too much because I wanted a lot of money. And she got angry and ran away from home. But it was (laughs) in winter, and I hadn't bought her her winter clothes yet. And she got sick. And so when she came back, I had to, like, take three months to, like, make her happy and healthy again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm clearly a terrible parent. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not just, like raising a little girl it's like so you have all these options of how she can wind up so you can do things like she can marry the prince Mm -hmm. she can marry a demon prince 
she can become like a super warrior, mm-hmm. uh, a dancer, like an artist. She can become like a lumberjack, <laughs> like almost <laughs> awesome. anything you want her to be, she can. And if you want to just do like art classes and dancing and marrying the prince, you can do that. Or you can go out and adventure mm-hmm. in the surrounding land and like kill monsters and go on quests. That's pretty awesome. There are a few like that as well. Like, there's actually one. It's pretty old now. Uh, it's called Musical Capriccio or something. But it's basically you're a, you're a mother with twin boys. Uh, the backstory is incredibly complicated. Okay. You were married to this guy, but his family didn't approve. And they're old-style Japanese, so they're all whatever. They took one of your twins. So you have to pick. At the beginning, you have to pick which twin they pick, they take. Oh, no. So they have they can grow up to be different types of um, people. Right. So then once you do that, you start raising them. Yeah, like kind of on a weekly or monthly basis saying, okay, what are you going to study? What are you going to teach them? And then every so often you have to say, oh, they did something wrong. Do you want to scold them? Right? Do you want to praise them? And blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. And then they grow up into different personalities and all this stuff. And then, but then of course this is an ultimate game. So you also meet uh, teachers and mentors for them that you can actually fall in love with. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Japan. But, <laughs> but the main story is, yeah, about raising the the boys into different personalities and then of course there's a story about them the twins meeting each other not knowing that they're actually brothers and blah 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 blah. so it's all dramatic at the end (laughs) but yeah there's one like that and there's some that are that are just you raising yourself yeah there's this one that sounds awful and it kind of is awful like you were a little beauty pageant queen when you were a kid like six years old i don't even know if they have those in japan when you're that old but they you were and then you got lazy and started eating a lot of candy and you got really overweight no i know it's so awful and so but you're totally fine with it you don't even care but one day you go to high school and meet with all these guys that are really cool but they totally like make fun of you because you're overweight it's so awful it's japan japan always when i say it but uh, so you say okay i'm gonna like get healthy and you know lose weight and show those guys what i'm made of blah blah so that's the and then you like start doing this every start working out like the different parts of your body to like get in shape and stuff <laughs> oh my god and it's so oh, it's yeah. never change <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so bad and it is but at the same time the gameplay is really good so you're like playing this and you're like man these guys are such jerks i don't even want to get with them but i want to show them who's who's boss you know <laughs> they can't insult me Japan is really good at reeling you in, even when there's, like, a terrible concept <laughs> on it. You're like, oh, but I need to know. Yeah. Yeah, like, how are they going to make this work if they can make it work? And sometimes they do and sometimes, sometimes they don't. Not. But you have to know. <laughs> those games are fun. They take a long time, though, those ones. Do you play those on, like, PlayStation? There's, yeah, it used to be that a lot of the games were on PlayStation 2. Like, even up until last year, most of the games produced were for playstation 2 like and it was dating sims were like the last genre to be produced for the playstation 2 i swear and now it's more on the psp mm-hmm. uh but there are there's a lot that are produced for the pc as well i think because it's a lot cheaper right they don't have to buy the licensing or something from right. sony uh so they have a lot of like indie cheaper games. for the company is more expensive for the users to, for pc well it depends because there's a lot of indie games as well that they make that are like this genre and oh, okay. so they're like ten dollars twenty bucks that's not too bad. Not bad i think the main thing for me is i looked at pc gaming for a while but i found that i would have to custom build a pc that was incredibly powerful 
like in ways that would never have concerned me before. I can run Photoshop, I can run GarageBand mm. and Skype yeah, and like InDesign. Gaming, right? Yeah, it's completely different power usage. Yeah. And but that and that's just to get like that's why I'm not into you know, first-person shooters or things like that because I don't care about getting that much on my computer. Like, the frame rate, you know, as long as I can see it and it's not jerky, I don't care. Right. And I don't want to spend another $1,000 on a computer just to get it up to speed. That's why I play console games because yeah. I'll play a first-person shooter or an RPG or, like, Mario. Mm-hmm. And, and it will all work, right? It's always perfect. Yeah. Whereas for me, I, I've until I got my work computer, I've always used a PC, so I've always, like... If I'm going to buy a computer, it's going to cost me like $1,200, but it's going to last me for the next five years, and I can still play games on it. Hmm. Because I can play like 20 games that cost me $3 versus a console, where I'm going to be spending way too much money, So, which is why I don't. I only have a PS3. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. one thing with video games is I always think of like the cost of a form of entertainment in terms of cost over number of hours. And if I, like, watch a movie, a movie plus snacks is, let's say, like, $20 or $25 yeah. for two two hours, maybe three. Mm-hmm. If I buy a video game, let's say it's, like, 70 hours. Yeah. That game might be 120 hours. Mm-hmm. So that's fractional. Um, and there are a lot of games that there's no hour limit, right? Like, the n- amount of time that I've spent playing Goldeneye on the N64. <laughs> they the amount have... of time we've spent playing Glitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, at that point, it's almost like they are paying me. Like, <laughs> it's it's a good time, and it's it costs almost nothing over time. Yeah. I guess I just can't ever... Like, I look at the Wii. There's no games on there I really want to play, That's you know? Fair enough. Mm. I really like so, my Wii, but I know a lot of people don't. Like, there's... I'm, 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 that, I'm that person who wants to sit down and not move and just have a controller in my hand. Have you played uh, Zelda on the Wii? Either Twilight Princess or the new one? Uh, I don't have a Wii. Okay. So Do you like My brother RPGs? has a Wii, but he also just doesn't feel like playing. And also, I'm really, really cheap, and I don't really feel like playing. That's fair Pay enough. games. They're really expensive when they come out. So, also, when I'm playing console games, I'm usually two or three cycles behind. Like, I just got Assassin's Creed 2. I'm hey, so high. It was so much cheaper. I'm still playing Assassin's Creed 1. It was $5 in a bin at EB Games. See, my roommate has Assassin's Creed 1, so I was like, okay, I'll buy two, and then eventually maybe I will get up to the most recent one, which I don't even know what it is. It doesn't matter. I know. There's like five Assassin's Creed's out, and the first one is still amazing. Like, it's really good. I'm having a really good time playing it. Or I would be, but lately I've only been playing Dance Central for Connect. or amazing. Uh, Zelda on the Wii. I also have a problem where I force myself to not ever buy used games. Oh, Uh, how come? Because I, despite how much I hate the industry, I still want to support people in it. Hmm. So I basically never buy used games because I used to be in the industry. And I mean, there's a lot of problems with it, but I still want to support them directly. Yes, Hmm. that's fair enough. Yeah, I guess, I mean, everybody has to, you know, make their, their own choice that works for them. Like, I buy a lot, like, I buy these friggin' old games, I spend so much money on them because I have to import them from Japan. But yeah, I want to support them. Yeah. Not so much, I mean, now it's kind of uh, stabilized as an industry, but when I started, it was like, how long are we going to even get these games? <laughs> so I would buy everything I could. But big ones, like, it, it might also depend on the company i like to buy bioware games because i really like them as a company and i like their games Mm -hmm. but something like ea games or something i don't 
think I would feel the need as much to right. buy. Yeah. I mean, I also don't, I don't think I, I, do I even have any EA games? I don't think I do. Yeah. I, I, I was just thinking of a name of a, I'm trying to think, because they make a lot of sports games, right? Evil video game company. Yeah, yeah. like, don't they do Madden or something? Yeah, they do, they like, do all, all those, the, like, like NHL. Yearly, yearly games that people buy every year, and I don't understand why. I do not understand sports gaming. I don't. I'm like, so you bought this hockey game, which is almost the same as last year's <laughs> hockey game, except that it has different players? Yeah. That's just texture mapping. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> has changed. You change a couple of stats in there. I mean, what else is new? Yeah, it's just, I don't understand it at all. I have friends who work on sports games, mm. and I'm like, I don't think we can talk about this, because I'm probably just going to be like, yeah, but why? Yeah. Well, it's funny, because when I was applying to EA, when I was um, a wee undergrad the first time, um, they were like, so where do you want to work on? I was like, I will work on everything except sports games, because I'm an environment artist, and I cannot make sports environments it will just bore me to tears just plain and simple you like, want to make and they're like turf more <laughs> different ads on the side of the hockey ring <laughs> no thank you yeah for some reason it just doesn't seem that interesting watch this someone out there is like a huge nhl 2004 fan and it's like <gasps> i used to read reviews of at like ign before i stopped because they're such a boys club um yeah. but, you know i'd be like oh, you know, this RPG is really good. What did they review it? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's okay, blah, blah, like 7.5, 8. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And then I'll be like, oh, here's the new Madden. Blah, blah, blah. They must, you know, it's the same as before, so they can't get it. And they always get like 9.5 or something. I'm like, they have the most amazing, you know, more action, more accurate action, more something, something motion. It's like, it's like, it's just football, but slightly more realistic football. Yeah, like, oh, we smoothed out the textures a little bit, and it's amazing. I was like, really? This RPG is like 70 hours long, a totally new story, weapon upgrades, blah, 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 and yet it's not as good as this football game that's slightly different from last year's football game. So what Slash reporters can't see here is that Lejeka is sitting here with like a stack of Japanese <laughs> magazines that are just about video games in her lap. Like specifically Otome games, but like just about different kinds of video games in Japan. And I feel like in North America, any production, like any magazine that comes out that has anything to do with video games is directly aimed at men. And there's probably a huge market or like a growing market at least mm -hmm. for reviewing games for ladies like i play the same games that most of my male friends play but i'm looking for different things out of them yeah like i know so many women like it's kind of there's the cliche and not cliche but you know like some women are like i like first person shooters you know don't say that women don't like them and it's true like like, I like women first person them. shooters but a lot of women also enjoy things like rpgs or whatever where you have a lot of character you have um, story good looking guys yep Maybe a cheesy romance. Yep. That's Maybe like a really bad romance. <laughs> Uncharted, <laughs> which is why I play. <laughs> Basically, all three of us have played, I would say, a fair amount of Final Fantasy, which is like, I know that a lot of men play it, but I'm like, this is a video game for women. Yeah. Like, they get the female costuming wrong, but essentially, it's a game for women. <laughs> and they know their market. Like, they're, those are in here, too. So... Amazing. I mean, yeah. they definitely know their market, or else there wouldn't be, like, a bajillion sequels of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, increasingly pretty men 
Yes, <laughs> just getting more and more beautiful. With and each... less clothing yeah. each time. <laughs> I can complain about the women losing clothes, but I'm like, no, the men can continue to lose all the clothes they want. <laughs> I don't mind. It's all right. Maybe some homoeroticism. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, I think we should... Okay, so if we can each say a little bit about our favorite video games that are, like, underrated... And then maybe we'll go on to listener questions. Unless you guys want to talk about something else in between there. Is there anything you well, want to add? Well, I have one game that... It's actually not one of my favorite games, but I really want to push it because it's biggest Otome game, and it's being released in English oh, next okay. month in February. It's being released on Valentine's Day. That's so cute. Um, it's called... In Japanese, it's called Hakuoki. That's H-A-K-U-O-U-K-I. But I think um, they're releasing it under the same name, but with a subtitle called Demon of the Fleeting Blossom, which is actually what it means, so that makes sense. It's by Axis, and it's about samurai. Interesting. Samurai that are vampires. Vampire samurai? (laughs) (laughs) And it's a dating sim? It, well, it's it's actually more historical. Like, it's about the... You, do you know Kenshin? Yeah. The anime? So it's set in that time period, the Bakumatsu, where it's all, like, you know, changing from swords to guns and, you know, the emperor versus the shoguns and all that stuff. Yes. And, you know, Japanese people love that time period. So it's all the, like, famous historical guys, like, from... Well, Kenshin's after that, but... Like, from that time period. Yeah, like, Okusasoji and... Um, Saito Hajime. Except here, he's like incredibly hot. Actually, I'm sure I could find a picture. I'll show you it to you. So it's about the history and it's accurate as far as it goes. Except they become vampires. (laughs) (laughs) That's Okay, topic jump, but on the route of Kenshin, did you know that they made a... A live action movie? Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes, we saw the ad. We have been passing the trailer around. We're so excited. It actually looks I'm good! <laughs> Is she joking? No. Is she laughing because she doesn't believe we think that? We're actually no, really I'm excited. laughing with you, not at you. I'm really excited. God, I loved Kenshin. Oh, I had the poster of Sanosuke on my wall. Sano was the greatest. It's awesome. And that, it's it's so I heard Aoshi's not in it, which makes me really sad. Aoshi? I didn't like him. He's such a... I, don't know. I just feel like they all should be. Well, that's true. They should have, like, even if he's not in the main thing, they should have him have as a cameo. Just right. because yeah. all the fangirls would squeal. I mean, though I have to say, Saito was definitely my favorite. He was the coolest. Did you know that yeah. his voice actor died? Oh. Because I was trying to find... Okay, another thing about Otome games is voices are huge there. So, like, all the, like, from Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, if you watch it in Japanese, Cloud mm-hmm. is, like, a huge voice actor in Otome games. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's also been, I think he's also been in BL dramas, too. Oh, yeah, totally. He's, like, they're huge. <laughs> There's a lot of crossover. So whenever I hear him, I'm like, who's that? That sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, it's Cloud. Okay, yeah. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his because I was looking. So every, every time I find a voice actor I like, I see if they've been in any games because I like that and yes i looked for him and he actually died like about five years ago oh that's really <gasps> depressing yeah like the sight of hajime after i was very sad but he's he's pretty old he's like 70 or something seriously yes. what yes <laughs> like he, yin's face she's so disappointed <laughs> he's an actual like actor too like he did tv dramas like samurai dramas or whatever wait wait, wait. the 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 anime voice actor yeah yeah I didn't realize he was that old. Yes, I was just all thought is. they were like, you know, 40-something. I know, because that's what their character looks like, right? So you don't think 
beyond, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, but I loved him. He was, he was the coolest. Prue and I were talking, I think it was yesterday, about, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays oh Sherlock. <laughs> like, not that attractive, right? But when he opens his mouth, if you just listen to him talk, his voice, like, mm. kills me. Because it's so deep, and it's so, like, yes. I just, like, die a little every time I hear him talk. I'm like, if he did audiobooks, or in this case, if he did English Otome games, I would have to have all of them. Like, every <laughs> single one. I know, like, a lot of people buy games based on voices, and I don't blame them, because... It's fair enough. Good voice speech. acting here is hard to find. Yeah. And I like... I don't know. I'm kind of fond of uh, how Benedict Cumberbatch looks, especially as Sherlock. As Sherlock, I think he's he really... But he's not, like, I don't know. I don't find him sexy. I don't really find him sexy, but also I think it's partly that I know that he's, like, got bright red hair and lots of freckles <laughs> underneath all the makeup. You're so biased against gingers. I can't help myself. No, I'm just, I like to make fun of the gingers. I'm a terrible person. I don't actually really know what he looks like, so I just find him as Sherlock really attractive, so. Oh, so I, here's the Hakuoki. Oh my god, the he has pictures. Oh my god, they have so much, they do so much advertising for this. Yeah, so they're like... What can we do to make this vampire samurai game even more fun for people is put little furry animals in with these samurai. So that is that. so cute. Oh, that's Saito Hajime, by the way. Oh my god. Yeah, he's not... He he's got like a little bit of a blush on his cheeks. Yeah. So that's the one that I want to say. And if you Google like Axis is the company, it's A-K-S-Y-S, then you can see what uh, they're going to do. And it's going to be cheap. Like it's released for the PSP. Regular is only... $30, I think. That's pretty good. Yeah, for the PSP, like, usually I thought they were $50. I don't know. And yeah. then a deluxe edition with an art book and stuff is $40. I think Loco Roco was, like, $30 on PSP, and I thought it was underpriced, because that game is so addictive. Mm-hmm. If anyone hasn't played Loco Roco before, it's a game in which you are a little blob, and you don't control the blob other than... No, you don't control them at all. What you do is you control the planet that the blob is on. And you can tilt the planet in either direction to move it left or right. And you can, like, shake it to make him jump. Mm -hmm. And the cutest music plays, and the entire point of the game is to get through each level and find 19 of your friends. And when you find them, they just, like, follow along with you. Or you can, like, press a button and they all go, ah, and turn into a super blob. (laughs) Oh, like one big blob? Yeah. And eventually you have to, like fight this like crazy black thing that is trying to eat you which is really scary actually because you're so used to just like being a happy singing blob like (laughs) dancing through the world you're like yeah everything's a oh god it's eating me but it is i don't think they had to change anything except the text Mm. when they brought it over here because they don't sing in japanese or in english they sing nonsense songs Mm. like telephone Right. And as you go through the game, you can, like, change color, and you can be like, oh, I want to be blue now instead of orange, Mm -hmm. or, like, they have, like, slightly different shapes. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain, but if if you want to play a super cute PSP game, it is the cutest. Ever played Little Big Planet? Oh my god. Yes! (laughs) I'm obsessed with Little Big Planet. (laughs) It's the greatest. At the end of the first Little Big Planet, there's a level where you have to run through. It's like a maze that is a giant ring with electrified parts. Oh my god, it's so hard! <laughs> I played, so when I played that, I played it with three of my friends. And we would just play, we played all of Little Big Planet together as a team. And when we got to that level, we tried that level for two weeks, just dying and dying and dying and not being able to finish it. And finally, I was like, guys, I need you all to turn off your controllers. And everyone turned off their controllers, and it took me three tries, and I could only do it by myself. 
because when you had more than one player, everyone just died. It's so true. <laughs> I passed it because I was playing online with someone, and so it was just some random stranger on the internet. Yeah. And I died, and he beat it for me. And then when me and my friend were playing at her place, she died, and then I beat it for her. Because it's impossible to play that. You that cannot level. play that level with more than one person. Yeah. You can't play it. It's, it's impossible. So- Oh, and the the thing with Little Big Planet Two is that we would shove or like drop each other. Yes, off the cliff. So great. I love hitting people in the back of the head with a frying pan yes. in that game. Yes, just smack and they go flying. Yes, and then they fall off. Yeah, it's weirdly, stupidly fun. Like that game no, it's is amazing. So great. If you have a PS3, you have to get Little Big Planet because mm-hmm. you absolutely yes. have to. Oh, you know what game I'm excited about that's coming out? I forget the title of it, but Yin, you'll know this for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Miyazaki game that's coming out. What? There's a oh, yes. Hells, yes, there is. Oh um, yeah, I don't remember the title off the top of my head, but it looks so cute. Is it Nino Kuni or something? Something like that. Uh, hold on, let me exactly. Google it. It is. So basically, Miyazaki was like, "I'm gonna make a game," and it looks exactly like a Miyazaki movie but like three-dimensional it looks super cute and apparently the story is super cute yeah you're right it's uh nino kuni excellent and i think it's did it come out already oh it came i think it came out in japan yeah i don't think it's out here yet because it comes out here later right um i had been reading a bit about it on joystick and they hadn't covered like they hadn't had a new post about it in a while yeah so the the japanese version came out in november but of course the english version not out yet no it's it says q1 2012 so who the hell knows when that's gonna be sometime yeah july (laughs) aka q1 (laughs) well the eu says march 2012 so maybe it's not that far behind oh maybe maybe i can ask for it for my birthday yeah but if you like Miyazaki, like, if you liked, like, Kiki's Delivery Service, or Howl's Moving Castle, or Totoro, Totoro, the cutest, <laughs> if you liked any of those movies, or Princess Mononoke, mm. the guy who made those made a video game, and it looks amazing. Like, everything that, all the people on Joystick, who are primarily men, again, were like, this looks like the cutest game ever, we have <laughs> to play it. Like, everyone is excited. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Even the guys over at Kotaku who are also like, we're manly and we're so tough. I know. Like, I, I don't know what geek men sometimes get up their butts that makes them <laughs> think that they have to, like, defend their masculinity by acting like assholes. Like, I don't know yeah. what it is. I'm like, can you guys just relax? Yeah, and it seems to, like, go in communities. Like, Kotaku is really bad and, like, some pockets are really bad. And then you have lots of geek guys that are like, what? It's like, whatever's awesome. Most of our geek yeah. guy friends are just so relaxed and they mm-hmm. don't care. Oh, um, the the guys who are over in Massilby, they're pretty nice too. Mm-hmm. Are they? Yeah, they're they're usually not like. Basically, I don't get angry at them. <laughs> <laughs> that that means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're only talking about MMOs, but they're still generally pretty nice. Mm-hmm. They don't like this. I don't know. Like, okay, I know people that like Final Fantasy X two. I personally loved it. I liked it. But there are so many guys that were like. Ew, it's all girls and you you change by like doing costume changes. That's so blah blah. And it's like it was amazing. It was so good. That opening sequence was so cool. Yes. It was so like innovative and like different and fun. Like the the fights were actually a lot more fun then. They were super interesting. I loved going into uh Berserker. Oh yeah. I had pain set to Berserker for like the whole thing. See, I like the was it Blood Knight? Oh man, the blood Oh, that was really awesome. I just so love good. the costumes too. I was like, that's amazing. I know, I was like, yes, new costume. If I ever cosplayed, I would totally cosplay that. 
Yeah. If, if I couldn't block with that much metal on me. You yeah. could probably make it out of something lighter. <laughs> Spray paint some uh, styrofoam. Yeah. And then walk around making that squeaky sound. Yes. Styrofoam sound. Totally. I mean, whatever. No one cares. As long as you look good in, in photographs, no one yeah. else cares. All the photos that they take back, they're like, check out Payne. <laughs> Payne was amazing. Yeah. She was awesome. She mm-hmm. was so cool. And Riku got cool, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Actually, Everyone had less clothes, though. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that one scene, you know at the beginning when they're, uh, you're climbing up Mount Gagazet and Yuna <laughs> almost falls and the whole shot is, like, when they're trying to pull Isn't her up. Isn't it just, like, a panty shot? It's from, it's, yeah, it's her butt yeah. shot. Yeah. I was like, come on. Come on. They must, pretty much only girls are playing Final <laughs> Fantasy X too. <laughs> The, well, they were mean, trying to get the guys by doing, like, very obvious... Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but the, like, musical aspect of it, mm-hmm. whenever they did the concerts, yes. I was like, this is the saddest concert of all time. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, the backup dancers? The backup dancers were hilarious. <laughs> I do love that, like, the opening is the bad guy pretending to be yes, Yuna and throwing a sexy Actually, concert. That bad, like, she was kind of amazing, too. Like, even though she's, like, wearing the oddest dress She ever, was hilarious, she was though. I really enjoyed her. Yeah. She was really funny. Yeah. yeah. And how she's, like, fixated on nude. She's like, what? It's crazy woman. And her henchmen? <laughs> yeah. Her, like, two henchmen were amazing. <laughs> what were oh, that has to be about? the most frustrating game in terms of 100%, though. I just gave up. I know. I never could get it either. You know, I could never get some of those spheres, which I really wanted to see because I did not I understand what was happening. I wanted the history. My thing with Final Fantasy, so I love playing Final Fantasy. Like, it's probably one of my favorite game series is. I have never finished a Final Fantasy. I always get right to the end, and then I'm like, but if I finish it, it's over. I can't let it happen. Um, and for Final Fantasy X-2, I made it, so it was right near the end, and I was like, okay, I can either go and fight the final boss, and then it'll be over, and I can't do that, or I could go to this bonus dungeon, which is like an infinite dungeon. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, the... Via... Like, yeah, Purifico or something. Yeah. There's like 100 levels of a dungeon, and I think I'm on like level 23. And that's <laughs> I'm that. probably on that too. Yeah. There is always one of those in the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. games. But then and that it. is why I never finish, because I'm always trying to finish all the side yeah. quests, and then, of course, I just never finish them, because they're basically like, oh, the main story is like 90 hours, right? And then here's like 300 hours <laughs> of side quests. Yes. And then especially that like, one, because they do quit. I'm that person who needs to finish the side quest before she finishes the game, oh, no. so I never finish <laughs> enough fantasy games either. Yeah. See, I only finish the ones that... Will give me something. So that one, because I said, if you get to level 40 or 60 or something, then you get an extra, like, snippet of memory or something. Yes, or something that shows is up. exactly so I was like, oh, what I, I want. I really want that. But, like, the ones that, like, in 10, you know, all their weapons, like, dodging lightning, all that crap that I hated. Like, those <laughs> yes. ones, I was like, I'll get, like, the easy ones, and that's all. I don't need that. The thing I don't like in Final Fantasy games is when they build in that you have to do a side quest in order to progress in the story. Because... Hmm. Anytime, okay, so Blitzball, that was the game in 10, oh, yes. right? I yeah, I that love that. Some and people I, love, and the card game. Yeah. And I was terrible at both the card game and Blitzball. And yeah. I was just like, yes. yeah. can't I just beat something with a sword? Like, can yes. I please just keep stabbing something until I can continue? Yeah. Can I just over-level myself so I can just breeze exactly. through all this? That's why I right. like, like, old-school RPGs, because I'm like... My hand-eye coordination is really not that good, and I don't care about, you know, practicing 20 hours on one move so I can do something. I just want to be able to over-level myself so I can get on with the story. That is exactly (laughs) how I feel. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just going to, like, at least have myself 10 levels above what I need, 
and then I'll just defeat this boss, and then I can find <laughs> out what happens next. Yeah. All I want to know is what happens next. Yeah. That's how I play through Pokemon. Oh, the next the next gym leader is, like, level 20. I'll be level 25 or level 30. <laughs> yes. I was out, they're always like, well, you should use, like, a psychic Pokemon against this one, because and I was like, no, I'm just going to level up my basic Pokemon until he is super tough. You can't even, wait, oh, psychic, okay. No, I was gonna be like, you can't level, but I was like, ghost, never mind. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that we all just shamefully admitted that we've played Pokemon. <laughs> I've never played Pokemon. All of them, all of them, <gasps> the entire thing. I've never played Pokemon and never played Digimon. You know what, the interesting thing about Pokemon, so it gets like a bad rap, right? Pokemon on Game Boy runs on the exact same engine as the original Final Fantasy games. Really? It is exactly the same. I didn't know that. It's, I mean, like, if you go and play, like, Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy Legends on the Game Boy, I'm dating myself here, Final Fantasy Legends is pre, like, Final Fantasy 1, 2, whatever. They did, like, is a it? series, I believe so. I might be wrong, but they're, like, around the same, like, it's super, it's, like, 8-bit. It's like an 8-bit original Game Boy game. And if you play that and then you play the first Pokemon game, they're almost the same. Whoa, now I want to... My nephews have Pokemon games. <laughs> <laughs> I still have Pokemon Yellow. Yeah, I still have that one too. So good. Well, my nephews have like millions, so I'll just borrow one of their old ones. There you go. They won't care. No. They'll be excited that you're playing. Yeah. Well, oh, they, already, they already love me because I'm the cool aunt. Yes. <laughs> My brother is nine years younger, so when he was little, he got the Pokemon games from my parents, and then I inherited them because he just stopped playing. He was really bad. I mean, like, he's like four, you know? He doesn't really know how to play. Yeah. So I just got him, and then I got addicted for the rest of my life. And to this day, he's like, I can't believe you play Pokemon. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. I hate you. Pokemon's great. You go play your TF2, I'll, I'll be over here playing my Pokemon. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I had to restart playing Pokemon recently. Someone was like, you know what you should play? Emerald. And I was like, no. Yes. Two days later, yes. I was playing Pokemon Emerald. Like, bought some extra stuff for my Game Boy. Nice. It was really sad. Pokemon Emerald's great. Amazing. You could play a girl. That was the first one of the first ones. Right? It was exciting to finally be a girl. Oh. Even though her hair was awkward. Her hair was pretty awkward, but it's still really fun. <laughs> I like that shape. I want to find that. <laughs> that hand like, I don't even know. There were, like, pigtails, but not. But they were, like, so there's, like, her head, and then it's almost, like, two arms with <laughs> giant puffballs that oh. are her hair. Okay. Yeah. I've watched too much anime, because I can actually picture that. You know exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the hairstyle that she had, and we were both like, mm, I'm just so excited to be a girl. I'm going to take her anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Good times. Um, why don't we do some viewer questions, because we do, or listener mm -hmm. questions. So, uh, Lucy Zephyr said, she wants to know, as a female gamer who likes being treated like a person, is any developer worth following except Bioware? Oh, I was like, you know, until she said except Bioware, I was like, Bioware! That's the <laughs> easy answer, you know? The people who make Portal are so good. Like, not for everything, yeah. but, yeah, Valve is actually, because, mm -hmm. like, Portal is almost a genderless game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's but amazing. the main characters for both are female. Yes. Huh, I didn't know that. The, the, the person who you're first personing, in, e. The person you are, you are playing. Yeah. Yes, that you're playing is female. Yeah. On both games, so. I think everything I've played from Valve has been, like, gender just isn't important. It's mm -hmm. just yeah. what is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, who made Mass Effect? Bioware. Yeah, I was gonna be like, that's who made Mass Effect. But then I was like, wait, I think those 
also yeah. the same fool with me, Dragon Age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I you can say with the same storyline as Guy. Some of the Zelda games, not all the Zelda mm. games, but uh, the more recent yeah. Zelda games are actually really good. good for women. Um, they have like some strong female characters. Princess Zelda is not just like hiding out in a tower. She's usually like doing her own thing to try and accomplish a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously you play Link, but he's very respectful of women and men. <laughs> Triple A games, like the big ones, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the indie ones just don't care. Yeah, like often you're not even playing a human or whatever. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're at all interested in non-traditional types of gaming, then casual games, indie games are amazing. Like, yes. I, well, most casual games are pretty good too. Like, yeah, actually, there is this um, there's an RPG series that I got through Big Fish Games, which they don't have a great developer arrangement, but anyways, it's called Aveon, and the you're a woman, and you're like except you're like a swordsman and you like gather a group of people and like go and it's a it's an rpg and it's like kind of old school so maybe it's like um the graphics are better than final fantasy one maybe like final fantasy four whatever but mm-hmm. don't expect like a really complicated story but it's fun and it has cute dialogue with like she's totally master of everything she does like she actually has dialogue where she's like talking to the guys and they're trying to be like you're a woman you should be doing blah 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 and she like talks back to them <laughs> So that one is actually pretty good. And I spent, you know, I spent probably at least 20 or 30 hours on that. Not bad. So not bad. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm really hoping the next Assassin's Creed lead character is a female. Mm, that would be good. Yeah. Because that, that's what it seemed like at the end of 3. Or whatever the, that new one is. Revelations. I'm so I spoiled myself because I'm so late on the game that I may as well just. Yeah. So that's what it seemed like. And I'm really crossing my fingers that it will be because that would be amazing. You know what I really liked? Uh, it's one of the Prince of Persia games. The one where you can't die. Oh, somebody was saying that, but I can't remember what it's called. I forget which one, like what it's called. But um, if you go into a video game store and say, I want the Prince of Persia game where you don't die. Yeah, they'll know. Uh, they'll know. And that story was actually interesting because... Like, the, you play a man, but he can only accomplish anything because of the girl that he's with. Mm-hmm. And she is a really interesting, very complex character. And the end, like, shocked me. Hmm. Like, completely sh- I was just, like, blown away. I didn't know how to handle it. Wow. Yeah. And it leads to a sequel, which doesn't exist yet. No. It's been like... I can't play it. That would drive me crazy. Well, what's interesting <laughs> is, like, you kind of understand what should happen in the sequel. Yeah. But I was like, okay, so where's the sequel? And everyone was like, oh, no, that doesn't exist. They made, like, eight more Prince of Persia games, but none of them follow that storyline. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that drove me crazy. Yeah, I was so happy when I finished Final Fantasy X, which I bought as a present to myself. Um, after finishing it and, like, crying and making my roommate the <laughs> laugh because she did not understand why I was crying over a video yeah. game, uh, I went out and saw that there's a Final Fantasy X-2. I was like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> they can fix it. I yes. know they can. And I didn't have to wait. So I cannot, I don't know if I can handle that. That's how I feel about Prince of Persia. I'm like, okay, but that was really, like, if you think you were upset at the end yeah. of Final Fantasy X, like, it is so upsetting. <sighs> But, like, if you, I mean, I guess I wasn't thinking hard enough when I played the game. Because if I had been thinking about it, it would have been like, there is clearly only one way this can end. But instead I was like, no, everything will be fine. And then everything was 
not fine. I don't know. Maybe, like, some of the old Warcraft games, like the real-time strategy games, they're pretty good in that... I mean, they are pretty traditional fantasy. Like, the only way you can actually see an actual woman is, like, the lady elf, whatever, hero and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not like there's any gender issues in it. Right. When I played Oblivion, I played a female character. Yeah. And it doesn't actually, seem to matter true. what yeah, your gender Oblivion is. Oblivion and Morrowind and Skyrim and everything. Yeah. yeah the games were, like, you basically pick your main character and then nothing else changed it's like you know how they cast angelina jolie to play salt it was written for a man yeah but nothing changed when she played the role like Mm -hmm. that's what makes it good yeah okay let's move on to ever bright uh from dream whip who has a like six part question or something (laughs) she has a lot of questions um she wants to know why are video game fandoms so isolated from other types of fandom especially the big general fandom of u.s tv So let's start there, and then we'll move on. I don't think it's necessarily isolated. It's just like, it's, I mean, people who, I know people who are in video game fandom aren't in any other fandom at all. And same thing for people who are in TV fandom, right? Like, there's always fandom isolation. Like, I, I was never in video game fandom, even though I play video games. And then my friends who, I mean, were you guys ever in video game fandom, like, you know, participating? Because I play video games, but I'm not in fandom. I'll, like, look at the fan art, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah. I mean, other than, like, what I do for Ultimate Games and stuff, like, before, I would be on IGN and, like, look at the forums sometimes, but I'd never really, yeah, like, I never made fan art or, like, I'd, you know, once in a long right. while, I'd, I'd read a bad fan fiction about, I don't know, Cloud and Tifa or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but not very often. Right. And... Yeah, maybe it's because, I don't know, video games, it can be pretty easy to isolate yourself in general. It's not like TV where it's like you watch it and then you talk about it with other people the next day. I was going to say there's like an accessibility thing here, right? Because anyone can watch TV mm-hmm. or read a book or watch a movie. Like that's, there's no skill involved. Because I feel a lot of people are afraid of video games because they have to buy a console, which is expensive, mm-hmm. and like controllers, which are expensive, and then a game, which they're like, that's expensive. And then what if they don't like it? Yeah. Or what if they can't? Like, even a lot of the PC games, like, they're pretty, especially now, they're getting really complicated. So people feel like they can't just jump in. Yeah. I feel, okay, so my policy is always like, if I have a game that I like and I think other people would like, I'm always happy to have my friends over to play it. That's, we've Mm -hmm. been playing a lot of Dance Central lately. (laughs) We just stand around and dance. It's great. But... Not everyone has the time or the money to go and get a Kinect and, like, set it up and mm-hmm. have it with an Xbox. And, like, like I lucked out. I got those as gifts. But Well, I mean, like, I've had... I mean, we've had... We have friends that are really into gaming, and I've even had people over, like, who play these games. But even then, it's kind of hard. Partly because they're in Japanese, so not a lot of people understand them. But also because... It's designed for one person. So even though you're, like, going along with the story, it's not like... Unless you're the actual player, you don't feel like you're part of it. I guess um, it's a little bit... Like, Little Big Planet is a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. It's more fun with more people. Yeah, but there's... The vast majority of games are designed for... One, one person. person Other than, like, you know, MMOs and whatever. Yeah. So that is a little bit of the isolation. The next part is uh, Everbright says that she's noticed video game fans seem to be disproportionately populated by people influenced by yaoi fandoms with all its attendant feminism and sexuality fail. Hmm. You know what? I I don't really agree. And yeah, I was going to say I kind of disagree. Because, I mean, TV and media fandom is really bad and comics fandom is really bad about it too. Yeah. I think maybe it's just a different issue. So maybe... Maybe she notices it more because it's 
different than what she's used to but it's not like I don't think it's any more yeah I don't think it is because (laughs) I mean their media fandom has massive feminism (sighs) sexuality and whatever fail yes and a lot of the video game fail that I noticed like you know sexism and stuff that's not the parts that are influenced by yaoi at all no it's definitely more the het side yeah she's kind of sad but you know that's video games for you you have to pick and choose uh, the next part is there's more activity on Tumblr than on LiveJournal or DreamWidth, which means more pics than fic. And then she makes a little crying face, all of her tears, um, except for a non-kink memes. I don't, you know what, here's the thing, I don't really interact with people in, like, video game fandom. Like, I play video games and I talk about it with my friends, but I don't, like, sometimes I look at fan art, but I don't seek it out all that often. Mm-hmm. Usually Prue actually goes on 4chan. Really? I yeah. don't think I've ever been on it. I'm kind of scared of you. Yeah, I'm terrified of it. But she'll go on and she'll be like, oh my god, look at this fan art. And it's amazing, but I'm yeah. unwilling to brave the wilds of 4chan. Yeah. I will say the other thing is that, I mean, at least for me, the art in video games is really important to me. Mm-hmm. If yes. I think a video game is ugly, I will be way less interested in playing it. Yes. And obviously the companies put a lot of work into trying to make their games beautiful, which is why I think you get a lot of fan art in video game fandoms and not as much... Uh, thick. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I went to high school with who were big in video game fandom uh, went on to like art school mm. and became professional artists. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, if you look at the whole spectrum of video games, there's actually a pretty small portion that you would think about being able to do fan fiction for because a lot of them are, if you look at like the total market, there's like sports games, there's casual games, there's indie games where there are no characters, there's so many games where there is no storyline, story arc that you could really work from. Yeah. Um, whereas TVs and movies, like it's almost everything has it. Right, and in TV and movie fandoms, I think there's a lot of holes in TV and movie fandom or in the actual shows or productions, right? Like, there's a lot for you to work with, whereas if you have a really good video game with a really detailed story, the story is so satisfying a lot of the time that I don't want anything else. Like, that that was perfectly satisfying for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but I don't want video game fandom. I mean, I guess you can, but, like, I don't, I have no interest in reading, you know, Little Big Planet. No, yeah. I, I feel no need for that. <laughs> like, there's no real yeah, story. Yeah, like, even when they're really good games, there's, yeah, there's not really space for fanfiction a lot. Like, there's, like, RPGs, and then some of the uh, the open ones, like, I guess... I mean, Kingdom Hearts are really big fans. Like, where you're, like, a c- criminal. Oh. Vice City. Or Grand Theft Auto. Or right. whatever. I don't Grand know. Like, I don't know. Maybe somebody's made fanfiction for that, but it would seem kind of strange. It would almost seem redundant to me. Yeah. Like, they've done such a good job. Mm-hmm. There's no need for it. Yeah. It just doesn't feel necessary. Whereas fan art, you can make beautiful fan art for any game. Mm-hmm. No context. Just, here's a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yeah. If you just subscribe to, like, a video games tag on Tumblr... Oh, yeah. I think you would be extremely happy. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you play video games. You should be like, oh my god, everything is beautiful. But if, if I mean, if one of you listeners out there feel like there should be a fandom for some XYZ video game, you tell us about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll, Just because we'll we're not interested doesn't really mean that other people won't be. Right. Uh, so the next part of her question is, uh, the fandom seems to move in cycles akin to movie fandoms. Less activity between games than right before or after releases, and fandom population depends on how much uh, the latest incarnation of the series won or failed. Yeah, 
Because I think a lot of video games don't come out that often. Nope. Yeah. Video games, like AAA games, take two, anywhere from two years to five years to make. Sometimes more. <laughs> yeah. I think I get, I usually get like a Zelda game every other Christmas. Yeah. And like Final Fantasy, man, some of them take so long. So long. So. And like you Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. God, that's never going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't, I've got number two for Christmas, but I haven't played. I haven't finished one, so no. You're still ahead of me. <laughs> I think, like, with TV fandom, even after the season is over, and the season lasts for so long, you can always go back, and episodes will just be playing on TV or whatever, but let's say that you get a video game, yeah. you play it, that's, like, three months, maybe, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait, like, two years for the next one, so obviously you kind of lose track of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when movie sequels come out, and just people abandon it. Yeah, which, you know, that's true of every fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the last part of your question is the gender divide in video game fandom is pretty clear in that lady fans and dude fans hardly ever interact. While depressing and typical of fandom experiences, the divide is extra clear in video game fandom because all video games are power fantasies and male and female power fantasies hardly ever mesh well. Agree or disagree? Disagree. disagree. Super disagree. <laughs> Super disagree. <laughs> I think you're just playing the wrong games, dude. <laughs> like, I... Yeah. It depends on what you mean by power fantasy. I mean, I guess you could argue that all video games are power fantasies because you control something, but I don't think that's... I don't agree with that. You know what, there's a video game that a friend of mine played, and I forget what it's called, but at one point it was like PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1 when they had just introduced the fact that a controller would vibrate. Oh yeah. And there's a point in the game where this god keeps addressing you, and the other players in the game are like, who the hell are you talking to? And he's like, just listen to me set down your controller on the floor and I will move it with like the power of my mind and you set it down and it vibrates across the floor and you're like (gasps) which sounds dumb but that was a game in which like it's like an RPG I believe but it's more it's not a power fantasy the game is showing you that no matter what even though you're moving the character around yeah you're not in control yeah like yeah I totally disagree that video games are all power fantasies because so many of them, you have to, like, isn't that what being a, doing a game is? Is like, trying to do an ob- objective with constraints. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I know for a fact that I do not play because of a power fantasy. I play either because I'm interested in the plot, mm-hmm. uh, or I want to solve these puzzles, or I want to meet different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, there's something in the mechanic of the game itself that's really interesting, and I want to ace it. Yeah. I also feel like, like, a good example is if anyone has played Legend of Zelda, like, any of the Zelda games. The main character is Link, and the whole point is that, I mean, you're solving puzzles and you want to save Princess Zelda, but Link is never in control. He is the person with the least control over his life of anyone in the game. <laughs> and Things he's the main happen- character. Things just happen to him, and he's yeah. like, crap, I have to <laughs> he's like, solve okay. this. Suck it up, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, even the the current one that I'm playing, the um, Skyward Sword, all he wants to do is join the Night Academy and maybe go on a date with Zelda, <laughs> and then the world starts ending, and they're like, well, Link, it's up to you. And he's like, what? No. Why? Or not like why, he's not that whiny, but he's like, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> if, if you're telling me that that's what I have to do, because he's like a kid. Yeah, I'm replaying The Secret of Monkey Island, right? Like, the plot happens because the guy just wants to be a pirate. He's a doofus who wants to be a pirate. That sounds like One Piece. <laughs> and stuff just happens to him. Oh my god, and, wait. So like, huh? guess what I saw in a video game store today? What? what? NCIS, the video game. 
What? I know. And it was $40 for PlayStation 3. I was like, who's buying this? Oh my god. Maybe it's like, really? Oh, not Jacqueline. I was going to say. Professor Lynn. Professor Lynn. That was a Canada slip. Yeah, sorry. The man who would have been Prime Minister. Um, okay, so the next question is from Shu, and she wants to know if we've ever been involved in any video game fandoms. Do you think the medium of the original contents affect the longevity or quality of anything or anything of a fandom? Have you ever played Persona? Do you love it? <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay, so have you guys been in a video game fandom? I've never been, like, I've been on, like, forum, like, I've been active in forums on video games, but I don't really think I've ever been in ones that, like, do fan fiction or fan art a lot. I've looked up, like, some thick or fan art, like, mostly fan art, I would say, yeah. for video games, but I'm not, like, I wouldn't call myself in the fandom. I'm, like, on the fringes of it being like, oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I mean, maybe if, like, the, my blog is at Ultimate Games, if there is a big fandom, then I would be in it, but right. because it's so niche, it doesn't really feel like it. Yeah, not many people who speak English as their first language yeah. play Otome games. Yes, sadly. That's oh. what it changed Yes. This is a little known fact, but my first fandom is, like, on the internet. I mean, because, like, you know, back in high school when I was a wee yin, um, <laughs> I was reading stuff, but I wasn't, I was never actively participating, you know? Right. Um, so a lot of people think my first fandom was Prince of Tennis. It was not. <laughs> I'm in the video game fandom, and there are only about three people on the internet at this point who remember me when I was in video game fandom. <laughs> I was in an RPG um, that was based around Kingdom Hearts, oh, but the, the thing is, we we just like let in a bunch of other games because you know you can cross over however the hell you want. It's Kingdom Hearts. It's a game that is about crossovers. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cross over Kingdom Hearts. What can and, you? Yeah. <laughs> And um, I did a lot of, I, I mean, I did art, but not anymore uh, for it. And I never shared it publicly. But my friends, this is a part of your shameful past. <laughs> well, no, it was just not very good. It was when I, I was a freshman in college. I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you think. <laughs> it was bad. I look at it now and like, holy crap. Um, <laughs> no one ever needs to see that ever again. And my friends now are still in Assassin's Creed fandom. One of my really good friends is. Yeah, there's a girl I follow on Archive of Our Own for yeah. like a totally different fandom and all she posts lately is Assassin's Creed slash. Wow. Yeah. If you guys want to check out really awesome Assassin's Creed art, um, you should check out this uh, artist called Enduro on DeviantArt. She's amazing. How do you spell it? E-N-D-U-R-O. We can link it afterwards. Okay. And Persona. Okay, so I have not played Persona. Yes, me neither. You neither? Yen? Uh, um, but uh, before we did this podcast, I asked my friends to <laughs> introduce us to this game called Persona. And uh, MK and I were like, what? What? <laughs> it sounds insane. It sounds amazing, though. It does sound amazing. It's supposed to be amazing. I will say our editor... Because uh, Lijaka is also in Tokyo Demons. Our editor on Tokyo Demons, uh, Rebecca, mm-hmm. is Loves a huge Persona. Persona fan. Like, I believe she has every Persona game and some of them multiple times over. <laughs> I, I mean, what I hear about this is about um, a bunch of kids who basically go into their mind or something and, like, face their worst yeah. enemies. Yes. And there's um, a serial so, killer? And because they're so, teenagers, well, a lot no. of it is about, like, angst about growing up in puberty and stuff yeah, yeah and so for a long time that's what i thought the entire game was about 
But apparently, the whole entire plot was about catching a serial killer. Which seems insane to me. Like, <laughs> this sounds like the reverse of Detective Conan. Yeah! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, the teenage stuff is an issue, but more importantly, serial killer. <laughs> but you, it's, I also think it sounds really cool because a lot of it is about your relationships with all these people. Like, you have to build up relationships and they help you, I don't know if they help you fight or to help you, whatever. Finish the game. Right. Which I think yeah. is really cool. Did anybody, did you guys ever play Radiata Stories? No. I no. loved it. It was amazing. And it had the same kind of thing where you could, there was like a hundred characters and you could recruit them all. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like, you know how Suikoden is yeah. like that? But it was, it, one cool thing about it was that you had to get them the right time of day and like help them out and blah, blah, blah. But like, it sounds kind of like that. Like you want to get the most important people and, you know, high relationship to like help you finish the game. And I love games like that because it's so, I don't know, it's just so different and it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And they were trying to start with um, Fable 3, but they failed miserably and I just got really bored. Oh, that's too much. <laughs> like, just has, you just had to like either be really mean to them mm-hmm. or like be really nice to them over and over again and there's just a scale and I was like this oh, could be great but you just made it really boring yeah that's I unfortunate I liked Radiata Stories Radiata Stories I will say in Oblivion because I'm not playing Skyrim because I'm only so far in Oblivion still <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling really useless um, they had like a weird, it's super annoying where you have yeah, to like, you have to try to like charm people. Yeah, kind of. it's either charm or intimidate or whatever. And it's like, like I never know wheel. which one to do. No, and I'm really bad at using that stupid wheel. It's like a wheel of feelings and it sucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like, like Dragon Age, they had that a bit, but it was more like, you know, you, it's pretty clear, you know, like be a jerk, be nice or be neutral. Right. Where and that affects your relationships with people. But um, that was not as... The first time I started playing that game, uh, I decided to learn how to pickpocket. And I didn't know... I didn't really understand or hadn't recognized yet some of the costumes that people were wearing. And I went into a bar and I pickpocketed a guard. And I was <laughs> not good at it. And he was like, hey! Uh, and I had to murder everyone in the bar. <laughs> You didn't get notorious or whatever. I was like instantly wanted by all the police. Oh god. It was a mistake. <laughs> Lesson one, don't pickpocket like police officers. <laughs> my coworkers are playing Skyrim and they're like, uh, my girlfriend's really mad at me. Because <laughs> I just lost my entire weekend. I was like, oh, I only thought that happened when you were on an MMO. No. And yet, no. What's what's the game or what are they called? The the company? Is it oh. Bethesda or something? Yeah. Bethesda. Yes. Bethesda games. Bethesda, yeah. Located in Bethesda. Yes. Near NCIS. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I, I'm, so some of you might know, I used to be in the video game industry and then I couldn't get a job afterwards because it's very, very competitive and I applied there, so I'm slightly bitter I didn't get hired. Oh. <laughs> they don't know what they were missing. Yeah. I will say here, I, so I got a connect recently and an xbox and lijaka and i and all of our friends have just been playing dance central the first dance central it's awesome it sounds so dumb but it's so fun it's so fun it's uh so for anyone who doesn't have a connect and again doesn't know much about video games the connect basically recognizes your body and whatever you do with your body that's how you play the game it's like a camera so it can tell it's not just like the old dance dance revolution where it's just like pressure pads like it's literally like how are you moving your arms yeah. how are you turning <laughs> 
some technology. Um, and it's super fun and a little bit embarrassing, but that's yes. like what makes it so fun. So you have to do like ridiculous dance moves and it'll be like, no, like turn more. Yeah. And now we're all good, better friends because we have dirt on everyone. Yeah. We've all seen each other do really, <laughs> there's two dance moves that are my favorite. One is like turning the light bulb. Oh yeah. And the other, once you finish turning the light bulb, you pull the sky taffy. Uh, and I highly recommend. <laughs> I highly recommend that you guys look that up on YouTube. Yeah. We should probably put videos up on YouTube. Yeah, would you think so? I think that would be a really bad idea. As long as we can mosaic out our faces. Mm. So it's just bodies of people (laughs) turning the light bulb and pulling the sky taffy. Okay. Next question uh, is from Singing Scorpion, who wants to know, why is Final Fantasy VII the most popular fantasy of the franchise? Because it's tragic? I personally like 8 and 12 way better. Well, I would agree with you on 12. I'm not yeah. so sure about 8. I really did not like 8 at I did not all. like 8. I, I did not. So I played 8 after I played 10, so I was really confused to this day about how to play 8. <laughs> Even, yeah. I do not understand the junctioning system. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, because I mean, 8 came out before the huge internet boom of like being able to look everything up online. Yeah. yeah. Or it was around that time, so some people could, some people didn't and was, I didn't <laughs> so I just thought oh I'll just play like normal no no that game yeah. was weird yeah and plus yeah. the CG like it was better CG so the you know they had the movies with like the dancing which was all pretty and everything so the people looked prettier than in Final Fantasy 7 but they also kind of looked more robotic their faces were very stiff yeah they were looked like mannequins and plastic yeah, yeah. their skin was not very good whereas when you get to like 10 the skin is amazing yeah and yeah. they actually move pretty. Yeah, they seem to be more human. Yeah. But anyways, that's not even what the question is about. It's Final about Fantasy VII. <laughs> this is a very political question in video games. Yes. <laughs> uh, because you're going to get, just in the three of us, I believe, very different opinions right here. And I'll start because everyone is going to hate me for this. <laughs> As I said before, Final Fantasy VI, I believe, is the greatest Final Fantasy of all time. However... I think Final Fantasy VII is the worst Final Fantasy of all time, <laughs> including eight, and everyone hates me for that. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't think Final Fantasy VII is the worst. I think it is over uh, hyped, overhyped, and I think it's mostly about timing, timing both of the industry and the timing of the game. Like, it was the first big RPG to use three three D. Like, kind yeah. of 3D models. Yes. So even though it wasn't amazing 3D, it was, like, revolutionary for that. It was impressive at the time. It was impressive at yes. the time. And it had... Um, the story. story was, like, long enough and interesting enough to appeal to a lot of people who like story. But it also was messed up enough that so many people could have different theories. And, like, I swear, Final Fantasy VII people, even now, they will go on page-long rants and arguments about what Genova was and all that crap. It's weirdly religious. Yeah. Yes. People are crazy about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to agree with Majaka because I I don't really I'm not a huge fan of seven. I couldn't get past the first disc. So that that tells you that much. I think I played two discs of it. I just hated it the whole time. See I actually almost I almost finished it. Um and I did like it, and I still have a soft spot for it because it was also one of my big uh, milestones, I guess, in gaming. Because I gamed for a while, like before that, like Final Fantasy One, 
Right. Like, we're talking old school. And then I had a big blank spot. And then Final Fantasy VII was one of the ones where I got back into gaming. And it was, like, this huge thing. And it also helps. At some point, it's kind of self-creating because there's so much hype about it. And then people buy it. And if they've never played a really good... Like, if they've never played Final Fantasy VI... They're like, wow, this story is amazing. The characters are amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then they tell more people and it just, like, gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Or if they've never played an RPG in general. Yeah. Yeah. RPGs, like, guys, if you like fantasy books, you will probably like RPGs. Mm -hmm. They are fantasy books where occasionally you stop to do some stuff while traveling. (laughs) Like, that's what happens. I will say, like, Final Fantasy VII, it's, okay, it is probably most popular fanishly. People go crazy for it. They either love it or they hate it. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of depth there. As much as I didn't like it, it's a very complex game. There's a lot of background. And like Lijeka says, you can debate a lot of the things. And if they didn't mean for you to debate it, the story has so many holes. Yeah, it's it's full of holes the way that TV fandom is full of holes. And so you want to fill in the blanks. Uh, But the people who love Final Fantasy VII love it so much. Yeah, it's like blind... Adoration. I went to a party once with my best friend in like a part of Toronto that I never want to return to. (laughs) It was so far and it was like isolated and everyone at the party was an asshole. (laughs) And I was sitting there, it was like a backyard barbecue. I'm sitting there like just trying to enjoy my food and not talk to any of the assholes because they were all terrible people. (laughs) And this dude sits down next to me. He's like, hey, I heard you like video games. And I was like, yes. And he's like, I heard you don't like Final Fantasy VII. (laughs) And I was like, Yeah, that's right. I think it's crap. Thus starting three hours of arguing with this dude, and he would not leave me alone. I'm like, I hate you. Just go away. He was like, no, you're wrong. Oh, my God. It was so frustrating, and then I left. <laughs> See, that's, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I liked it uh, for the time it was a, is great graphically, and the story was compelling, if crazy. Yep. And some of the characters are good, even though Aerith, like, frig, man, what is with Aerith? Like, Unequip everything. If you ever played this game and you have not played it before, unequip everything yeah. from Eris. Well, I actually, like, I was glad that she died, but her, like, the relationship between... Final Fantasy is not that great at love stories, right? Like, they're either yeah. cheesy or they're unnatural and they feel really forced. Like, completely unbelievable. Yeah, like, the, the one in 8, no offense if you like 8, but that felt really forced. Like, it was like a total, characters did a 180. Yeah. Like, Squall and Cypher was a more likely relationship than Squall. Totally. And I was more interested in, like, Selfie and Irvine. Yes. I was yeah. like, oh, that's a cute love story. Never yes. hear about it again. Yeah. So we don't really know why, but everyone has strong feelings. Mm-hmm. At least 12 tried to, like, have real relationships. Even yeah. if yeah. they weren't love relationships, they were still good friendships. Yeah. 12 did a pretty good job on character. Mm-hmm. Melody B wanted us, or Glass Glue wanted us to talk about Glitch, which we did. Play it. It's great. Just get an invite. Um, Bikichi wants to know, has anyone tried to play one of those slash dating sim games? I've only seen glimpses, but have shied away. Yes. Oh, has <laughs> someone played them? <laughs> so I have actually not played any of the boy-boy ones, but I have played many, many, many girl-guy ones. Um, one of our friends from Tokyo Demons. Leanne. Leanne. She's uh, almost an expert on the slash, like, the boys' love ones. And is this where I can recommend one? Yeah. Uh, She also wanted to know, what do you think are the slashiest titles, and what are your fave games? Okay, so depending on what you want, um, they can get really, really graphic and really violent. Because uh, if you've ever read Yaoi, then it can be 
very graphic and very violent. But if you want something that's a little easier to um, start with, then we can recommend. There's one called Gakuen Heaven, which is, I think is originally for the PC, but they made it for the PSP and it's like 15 and under. So mm-hmm. there's no uh, graphic sex, but also it looks happy. <laughs> the relationships <laughs> look pretty um, consensual, which is good. Nice. And if you have a PS2... Although it, it's Japanese right now only. Togaini no Chi, which has an anime and a comic for it, I think it might be translated, uh, has a good PS2 game. Is that the one where they work in the shoujo manga? No, that's okay. um, Greatest First Love. Oh, sorry. I always forget what that one's called. <laughs> yeah. No, Togaini no Chi is a post-apocalyptic Tokyo? Maybe Tokyo, maybe another city, I don't know. And it has this really messed up system where there's all these hot boys, I don't know why there's no women, um, <laughs> trapped in it in this city, and they have to... <laughs> so stupid. They have dog tags around their neck, but they're like cards. And to get... You have to use like low-level cards to get food and shelter and stuff, And but to get out, you need like a... It's like poker. So you have to like gather like a roll of flesh uh. or something. The only way you can get it is by beating someone or killing them. The rules are kind of convoluted. That sounds creepy. So that's the whole setup. And there's all these really weird characters. And it's a story about one guy who's trying... I think he gets sent in as an undercover police, whatever, to try to break up a, a crime organization. But then he gets pulled into it and it's, it's messy. <laughs> but apparently the PS2 game is quite good, with good relationships. Alright. I have also not played any, but uh, you know what, we'll just ask Leanne for some recommendations, and we'll post them on the Slash Report site when this episode goes up. So, you can have them that way. <laughs> as long as you have the right equipment and can read or speak Japanese. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next question is from Gaping Maw. <laughs> Uh, Final Fantasy VIII fandom. Too ridiculous? Not ridiculous enough? The first Empreg I ever read, it was all, what? But read through like a champ. I've never gone into Final Fantasy VIII fandom. Pretty big. Actually, I have, because I I think I told you about that one, I read one fanfic, and this is when I never read fanfic at all, between Cypher and Quistus, and it was amazing. It's a pretty big fandom. Yeah? Well, I will say, like, every time I go to a con, there's at least one person dressed up like Mm -hmm. Renoa. Like, every yes. time. I don't get it. Like, why? She's so... She's so annoying. Though I am curious uh, who got male pregnancy in this Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. I would well, guess no. Squall. Yeah? Probably. I, I bet, bet it was a Cypher Squall thick. Yeah. Probably. What's the most popular pairing in FF8? Probably Squall Renoa. Oh, yeah. Is it popular? It's, like, weirdly popular. Mm, okay. I went to high school with a girl who was like, they are the greatest. And I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Oh, when I was still in uh, video game fandom, I was totally into Kingdom Hearts Squall Cloud. Oh, because they're both so angsty. No, it's because they're dicks to each other. (laughs) (laughs) You're a terrible person, Yin. (laughs) No, but it's like like that grudging. Well, because they're in the game together. Do they talk to each other in the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I only got... I didn't even get past the tutorial. It's so much. Well, I think he's in the second one together. The first one, I don't, I don't, it's been a, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, I was, I was weirdly into it. There was no fandom. I will tell you that. There was exactly zero people (laughs) except me and my immediate friends. And, um, basically we were just into Squall being an asshole to Cloud, who was an asshole back. But not like, not like 
douchey asshole was just like one of those like asshole boyfriends to each other on purpose. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm seeing your influences now, Yin. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Totally. You can see where I started from. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and our last question is from Literary Coffee, who says, if it's not too late for a gaming question, how do you recommend trying to build a fandom around a video game? Oh, I'd love to know, because I'd love to build some fandoms. <laughs> too. Yeah, you know what, I would... Hey, and hope for the best. Get a lot of people, get a lot of people who are conducive to writing or drawing, hmm. um, make them sit next to you when you play the game, and get them interested in the story. I would say if you want to build it online, I would do three things. I would first make either like clipping together the motion video Hmm. scenes or something uh, as like a YouTube playlist so that people can get the story of a video game without playing it because a lot of people won't play a video game. Yeah. And then I would link to that in a pimping post. I would just make a post Hmm. that is like, here are the characters, here's who you should ship, here's the basic plot, watch this movie file. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because then, you know... As we said, a lot of people don't want to buy a console, or they're afraid of PC gaming, or they're just afraid of gaming. Mm-hmm. But yes. there are amazing stories out there. Okay, um, do you want to talk a little bit about Otome Games, and then we'll sign off? Sure. Okay, so Otome Games are basically reverse harem games, but that sounds really creepy when you say it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the variety is a lot bigger than what you think. It's not just about dating. There are some standard high school you know, go to high school, um, talk to boys, date, go on dates, whatever. But there's so many that are like fantasy, science fiction, historical, everything you can think of. And I think other than that, I'll just say there is actually going to be a really good one coming out in February in English. (laughs) 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 Yay! Yay! Um, It's called Hakuoki, Demon of the Fleeting Blossom. (laughs) and it's released by Axis Games uh, and it's about um, a group of samurai in historical Japan who are very famous they're actually like real characters and they are um, kind of vampires (laughs) just as a bonus yeah the stories are really good like it's a mostly a story game so you go along and choose what uh what you want to do and whatever and that affects what story branch you go off into but the art is amazing you should totally check out the art maybe we'll put maybe i could put up like something on my tumblr or something yeah totally and the voice acting is amazing they they're leaving it in japanese but then they're they're translating it the uh texts and with subtitles, right? Yeah, with subtitles. Cool. And uh, it's released, being released on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and I'm going to have a party for it. <laughs> so I guess if we're going to recommend things as just like a last, like a closing thing, definitely wait for when Nino Kuni comes out and play that. Like no matter what, it's going to be super cute. Mm-hmm. Hakuoki. Hakuoki. Going to be amazing. And Yin, is there anything you think is coming out that should be like the greatest? I'm actually really not on top of <laughs> video game release stuff. Fine. <laughs> but a game I've been enjoying and is a uh, Bit Trip Runner. It's been out for a while, so you should play that. All right. Is it on the PC? It's on PC and Mac and Linux. Okay. Mm. For our Linux users, I know there are some of you. Yes. Okay, so I think that wraps it up. Thanks for listening, and thanks for coming on the show, guys. No problem. Thanks. Have a good night, guys. Bye. Bye.
I had all these feelings and I didn't know where they came from. And she went, me too.